Shut up and sit down. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Lifelong Learner with Janesh and special guest Nero Dylan. Hope you enjoy. Welcome back everyone to another episode of Lifelong Learner. Today I am joined by Nero Dylan. Thanks for joining us today, mate. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited for this conversation. So Nero is uh, based in New South Wales and I'm going to give um, give our listeners a bit of a brief intro to you and then uh, then you can fill in the blanks. So uh, Nero is a once upon a time, that sounds like I'm starting a storybook, uh, was a CIO in the world of IT and um, the corporate world um, and now a, a 180 switch, so, so to speak, and we'll go into that in a bit later. Uh, but now Nero is a freedom coach, a life strategist, a spiritual teacher, uh, and a well-known speaker that has spoken uh, all around uh, in multiple different, uh, multiple different environments and multiple different stages. Uh, and also, um, some of you may already know this, but he's also uh, a cousin of mine as well. Um, which uh, I think when we we spoke, this is this episode's been coming a long time coming. I think we mentioned it maybe a year ago when we were in person, when we we're up there in Sydney, and then it's pretty much been I'll own it. It's me being pulling my finger out and scheduling it. So so here we are. Um, thanks for joining us and uh, fill in the blanks, Nero. Yeah, I mean, out of all those things, I think the cousin part is probably the uh, the title that touches my heart the most so <laughs> thank you for having me here um i think you covered it all in a nutshell um i do come from a corporate background and um a very unhappy corporate background mm-hmm. i must say um i think like most of us we i jumped into a role that i thought i should do mm-hmm. right because that was what was told that i should be doing um and it was i knew very early uh in that corporate world probably my late 20s that this world wasn't for me mm. um and uh so the journey continued started around then and continued forward yeah awesome and that kind of leads me to your your current company called unconventional right and one explain to me that name, but also I think it links into what you were just what you were just talking about, right? In terms of your your, your switch, um, talk to me about how how that name how that name came, um, and what does that mean for for you for for your company for your people for your clients? Yeah, 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 yeah. So. I'm going to tell you the the the, the full story, mm-hmm. uh, and then I'll, I'll land it uh, very quickly. Um, from a very young age, I was an out, outcast. I was different. I didn't fit in. Um, as you know, um, I'm, I'm Sri Lankan, and so are you. <laughs> and there was a genocide that was happening in the early 80s, mm-hmm. um, which is basically my very first memory. Um, I come from a country that I don't fit in. Moved to Australia at the age of five and I didn't fit in here either. Uh, I was different. I looked different. Um, I spoke different. 
throughout my entire life, I was different. And there was a lot of shame and loneliness that came with that. Um, now that manifested in, in multiple forms of illnesses from being uh, ADHD, dyslexic, depression, anxiety, PTSD. Um, and there was no place that I really fit in. I was unconventional, not normal. Um, so most of my life was spent on fitting in mm. to the norm. Mm -hmm. You know, I thought that if I can get accepted by other people, if people would like me, if I was able to please others, become a people pleaser, mm -hmm. right, then I would finally fit in. It was only much later in life that I discovered that fitting in was not the game, but rather to belong. And where I belong is not a conventional life, is an unconventional life. And that's where it all started is the understanding and the acceptance that I am not normal and I don't want to be normal. Because let's 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 look at what normal in Australian status standards are, right? Or in today's country is one in three people suffer with anxiety. Fifty percent of most marriages end in divorce, right? Mm. Millennials, sixty percent of millennials experience loneliness on a weekly basis. 76% of Australians don't like the job that they're doing. Mm. Like this is what is conventional. Mm -hmm. Mental health is conventional or the lack of mental health mm -hmm. is conventional. Not liking what you are doing, not liking your life is what is conventional. So question with that, why do you think uh, and I laugh, I, uh, it's not laugh, laugh's not the right word. I am surprised and also makes me sad when when you ask people, oh, hey, how's, how's work going? How's thing going, right? And they're like, uh, oh, it's, you know, it's crap, shit, it's terrible. And don't get me wrong, everyone has bad days, right? But if that's like the norm and I ask, I get myself in a lot of trouble, right, with this. And I ask, okay, are you doing anything about it? Um, and they say no. And I'm like, okay. And then I, my secondary question is, and I do this to friends and family, and I've learnt now maybe not to say this. And I say, do you want to do anything about it? Um, and there's a difference, right? If they don't want to do it, then they don't. But then I get that, oh, you don't understand. It's so hard. Why? <laughs> Why do you think this like fucking unhappiness is the is the status quo, right? I don't believe in it, and I know you don't, and I don't believe that. I think there is. Um, I don't believe in mediocre. I well, I believe in it, but I don't want it for myself. And I believe you can you can have it. You can have your cake and eat it. It takes work. Hundred percent. It takes work. It takes lots of work. But why do you think? Well, I think that should be the norm, but it's not the norm. There's like no. this 
pity party and I don't want to do the work and all that is the norm. Why do you think so, quote-unquote, conventional is the norm in, in today's society? Because we're used to it. And when I say we, I'm not just talking about millennials. Mm. I'm not talking about today's generations. I'm talking about from baby boomers from beyond. Mm. For the last 200 years, we have programmed ourselves, really from the industrial era, we have programmed ourselves that this blueprint that society has made for us Mm. is the normal. Right? Mm. That this consistent state of suffering, right, loneliness, all of these things is the norm. But there's another part of us that is continuously thriving, striving in order to find happiness. Mm. So there's one part of us that says, okay, cool. Yeah, this is shit. Mm-hmm. But hey, I'm looking at my next door neighbor, Joe and Sam. They're going through a similar experience as well. They've been divorced twice, right? They've been made redundant five times, you know? That's the norm. Mm. You know, they drink every single day, mm-hmm. right? They smoke, drink, uh, drugs. This is, this is the norm. We've been programmed to accept that this is normal, mm-hmm. right? And people like, you know, you, me, mm-hmm. and hopefully a lot of your listeners, we've accepted that we no longer want this. This is not going to be our story. It could be our parents' story, mm-hmm. right? It could be our grandparents' story, but it's not going to be our story, mm. right? And in order to break out of the norm, because unfortunately suffering mm. is normal Mm -hmm. and a lot of the things that i teach in my program is that suffering is a choice Mm -hmm. suffering is a choice and i normally when i say this uh, a lot of people get offended Mm -hmm. right and they say things like oh you know i lost my child Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I lost my job. Mm. Right. I got into a car accident. How was that a choice? Mm. And this is where I I speak into there is a significant difference between suffering Mm. and pain. Mm. 100%. Right. Right? Pain, inevitable. Mm. There is absolutely nothing you can do about that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Life is pain. Mm. Right? There's pain. There's also other great stuff as well, like joy, love, fulfillment, all of those things. But life has pain in it. Mm. But how we relate to the pain is what we call suffering. Mm. Mm-hmm. The why me, the poor me, it shouldn't be me. Right? Yeah. That's the suffering aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, suffering is a choice. And it's a choice that we keep making every single day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? There's a beautiful formula for suffering. Mm-hmm. Pain times resistance, right? Resistance to the pain mm-hmm. equals suffering. Mm-hmm. 
Right? Pain times resistance Mm. equals suffering. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you get a choice to on how you how you respond to that pain, right? Mm. Um, and that's that's as you said, that's going to detect, dictate your suffering or not. Why do you think, with say with pain, right? Um, and maybe even talk about your own personal experience or some with your clients. What does it take to someone to have awareness or gain awareness to break free of norms? conventionalism right like um does it always take and um we're talking to someone in another episode a while back does it always take significant pain to make that change um does it does it not and if it doesn't what other ways can people gently bring on an awareness to go you know what i don't need to be doing a, B, and C, even though I've been doing A, B, and C for 30 years of my life and all my friends and family have do A, B, and C, but maybe I go A, B, E, right? And it's it's going to be okay. I'm not going to lose friends and family. How do, how do people bring that awareness on um, without a significant event in their life? Um, from my personal experience and what I've seen mm-hmm. and what I understand – I don't believe it's possible, mm-hmm. right? Um, it could be possible. Mm-hmm. I just haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. Because it's the darkness that is in our life that or pain or what, loneliness, whatever we want to call it, is the instigator right, for the change to happen, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's this thing called dharma, which is a big part of what I um, teach mm. a, and, and do. What is? Uh, tell our listeners what is dharma, like for our like listeners that aren't um, potentially like they're going to hear dharma and they're going to ah, oh, it's going to be hippity dippity. What is? What is it? Like <laughs> d- d- define it for us. The dharma is a um, Sanskrit word, mm-hmm. right? And uh, what it actually means is the fingerprint of your soul, mm. right? Um, so if, if we're going deeper into that, um, so in Sanskrit, one word is packed in with so much meaning, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? So a lot of what I do is work on people accessing freedom, mm-hmm. which we can talk about that later. But freedom comes from alignment, not from balance. Mm. Mm-hmm. Balance, there's, balance doesn't exist. It exists in the environmental universal level, mm-hmm. but it doesn't exist on the individual person level. There's no such thing as balance. Mm-hmm. There's only alignment. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. So dharma is the path of getting into alignment. Dharma is the fingerprint of your soul. And our human experience is to bring what's in our soul into our human experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Right? That's yep. alignment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Alignment is bringing what's in our soul, mm-hmm. right, into our day-to-day experience. experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, into our relationship, into our career, into our health, into our parenting. Mm-hmm. It's to be, bring 
us into it. So going more into it, Dharma helps you to understand who you are, mm -hmm. why you exist, mm -hmm. and what you're here to do. So I'll say that again. Mm -hmm. Dharma helps you understand who you are. In other words, your personal identity. Mm -hmm. Right? And this is where we get fucked fucked up with mm. the conventional life mm. because the conventional life says that if you're a man, you have to provide money mm. mm -hmm. to your family. If you're a woman, you have to provide nurturing mm. to like, you know, whatever, mm. whatever the conventional coding is. Right. Mm -hmm. So with the Dharma alignment, you actually get to understand who you are. And often, often it is not, the blueprint that society has told you mm -hmm. why you're here, mm -hmm. right? This is what we call the life purpose, mm -hmm. right? And this is where significant amount of meaning in your life is going to find, mm. you know, uh, right now um, in Australia, outside of Australia, the numbers are pretty high, but in Australia, there are eight suicides a day. Mm-hmm. Right? Six of them are men. Mm -hmm. But there is a number that is not spoken about suicide attempts. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Suicides attempts. And that number, I don't know the exact number, but that number is around 80 per day. In, in Australia? In Australia. Yeah, well. Right? Attempts per day. Mm. Right? A lot of this is coming through loneliness. Mm. A lot of this is coming from um, not having. So, loneliness, mm -hmm. how I describe it, is the feeling of not being understood. Mm -hmm. Yeah? Does that land? Yeah. Yeah. So when you say feeling of not being understood, right, um, why is this, why are they stuck in a cycle of not seeking people to understand them necessarily? Well, it's often because they don't understand themselves. Mm -hmm. Talk to us more about that. Okay, cool. So you and I are having conversation, right? Yep. So this podcast conversation. Mm -hmm. If you don't understand me in this conversation, whose fault is that? Me. No, actually me. But if I, I mean, don't... It's great that you think that. Yeah. Right? But if you don't understand me... Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. It's actually my fault because I'm not articulating mm. it correctly. But isn't it and also my fault because I haven't asked you, hey, look, can you re-clarify that because I don't understand what you're saying? Correct. But in a podcast interview, which is the worst example that I could use, <laughs> in a podcast interview, you know that. Yeah. Oh, in like, normal day society, doesn't happen, right? No, because <laughs> how much awareness does your boss have in order to understand you? Yeah, right. Yeah. Or how much availability can your partner have in order to understand you, mm -hmm. or your children, or your mother, or your father? Like, how much awareness does, does do you need to have? Now, as an interviewer, you know that your job is to ask the right questions mm. in order to get the information out of it, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is why the, it's the worst example. <laughs> right? um, but having said that, 
if if my partner doesn't understand me, mm. my first responsibility is to articulate myself to my partner in a way that she will understand. Mm. Mm-hmm. But in order for me to articulate that, mm-hmm. I need to understand me first. Mm-hmm. A lot of the reason why loneliness exists is because of the self not understanding self, mm-hmm. not understanding who they are, why they exist, and what they're here to do. Mm. So is it usually in that, that order that you would dive down that or not necessarily? Yeah. It, so, if it is, that's all right because I want to ask you another question about well, is it that order usually? There is no, there is no, there is no order. There is no usual. Yeah. Right. There's no conventional. <laughs> Try to ask me for the conventional part. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Right. Uh, there's no conventional. Yeah. How would Sometimes, people, sorry, how would people start to discover this fingerprint, right? Like things they could bring awareness to on any three of them. Right and or even to, um, and even if the and this is for people that go, you know what, things are good, things are humming great. I am in alignment, but ways to uh, solidify to give them some certainty. To go, oh, you know what, it's like a health check, right? I'm going to give myself a health check, and you know what, we're we're on track. And uh, but then there's also some people go, oh no, I need more than a health check, right? This is um, it's a health check, but I just where do I start? What are some oh, entry level, even questions for people to ponder? Yeah, well, I can do better. I can yeah. give you the step by step. Oh, yeah, and this is this is true for everyone. Okay. Yep. Right? Um. So step, and I'm going to answer. Do we? Your previous question: mm. Do we need pain in order to change? Mm. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm going to answer answer both questions in this process. Yeah. Step number one, in order to discover your dharma, your purpose, your identity, who you are, why you exist, what you're here to do, right? Step one, number one, is that you have to be done with the life that you can't live. I don't mean death. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about, you know what? I don't want this life experience anymore. I don't want to do relationships like the way that I've been doing it. I don't want to do parenting the way that I'll be doing it. I don't want to do my career the way that I want to be doing it. And this was true for me. Mm-hmm. You know, in my mid-20s, right, still I was suffering with PTSD, right, uh, I was dyslexic, ADD, right, cocktail of fucking uh, mental health issues. This manifested in being consistently poor, mm. right? This manifested in various forms of drug addictions, this manifested in having disastrous relationships after disastrous relationships, consistent state of loneliness. So at the age of, in my mid-20s, I decided that I no longer want to live this life mm-hmm. the way it's been living, right? Mm-hmm. And yes, I had suicidal thoughts around that time, mm-hmm. right? And I was willing to end it. Right, but you can actually get to that point without the suicide, mm-hmm. suicidal thoughts. Right? Uh, if the the thing is that at that time, I thought I was the only one on this planet having these 
conflicts. And for if any of your listeners are going through this, right, I'm here to tell you that you are not the only one. In fact, every single human goes through this. It's but only a few of them do the next step. Right? See, at this point, majority just say, well, you know, this is what life is and there's nothing I can do about it. Mm. Some go down the path of self-harm and not doing about it, anything, by the way, is also a form of self-harm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? um, and so, but a few and, you know, looking at what's happening recently is that more and more people are doing step two. Step two is learning. Mm. Right? It's personal development. It's growth. It's learning about you, learning about, you know, how the mind works, learning about dharma, Mm -hmm. learning about, okay, cool, what is it? You know, what does a new life look like for me? Mm. See, a lot of us, we're so focused on being certain before we go on this journey. Mm-hmm. Step two is get your ass out there. There's so much, so much help out there, right? And this is not help in the sense of you need help. Mm. This is help like you going to school and learning math, mm. right? You, we don't learn math because you're dumb. Mm. It's, it's part of life, life, life's journey, mm-hmm. right? So step two is personal development learn because it is in that learning do you discover step three which is your identity who you are mm-hmm. right as you are learning your identity you figure out your strengths you figure out what you're good at what you're not so good at you understand what you love you understand how what makes you happy mm-hmm You understand how to regulate emotions. You understand how to regulate trauma, right? There's so much stuff that you learn as you're doing the personal development and stepping into your personal identity. Mm -hmm. This is what I called um, in one of my programs called the warrior program, right? I call um, the character work. Mm. You know, when you watch a movie or read a book, the first part of the movie or the book is that the, the, the writer spends a lot of time focusing on the character of the hero right, or the heroine, mm-hmm. right? So many of us, we all have characters, but it's a character that we don't like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. So we then start, like, in your identity, when you get aligned with who you are, what you basically get aligned with your character. Mm, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Step four is that as you're doing the character work, you discover your gifts, right? Mm. And this is where we stumble across, you know, what is our, the fingerprint of our soul. So step three and step four is where we really understand the, the uni- uniqueness of our soul, mm-hmm. right? Um, then step four is basically understanding what is our gifts. Mm. And there's so many, there's so many, every single one of us have so many, and it's normally in the same thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And finally, step five, we figure out 
you know, why are we here and what we're here to do? How, you know, where does this gifts really um, expand on that? Mm. You know, where can I use these gifts? Right. So one of my gifts is taking complex, um, complex scenarios and simplifying them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So a common man or common woman can understand. Mm-hmm. So I see myself as very simple, mm-hmm. right? So if I want to understand things like how to find your purpose or how the mind works or human behavior, the only way I'm going to understand it is when I simplify it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So this gift of mine helps me be a great speaker, mm-hmm. right? It helps me be a great coach. It helps me be a great partner. Mm-hmm. It helps me be a great parent, mm-hmm. right? I'm able to get complex situations or scenarios and simplify it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah. Right? That's one of my gifts. Mm. But I wouldn't know that if I was still in that state of loneliness, self-pity, mm. PTSD, depression, all of that stuff. Life is happening to me mindset mm. i wouldn't have discovered it unless i went through that yeah through that five step process do you think steps two to five is a it's not a one and done is it a is it a constant evolution of constant oh, yeah constant uh like constant refining getting clearer and clearer um or even kind of seeing even step one being a certain part of your world go, you know what, I'm done with this. And then a year later you go, you know what, there's another area of your life. You go, mm, I'm done with that now. Well, step one to five, mm. I would say. Mm. Right? Step, yeah. step two to five, so yep. from personal development mm. and discovering more of your identity. Look, the identity work is never ended, mm. mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Identity, in fact, your character is what people will speak about you well after your death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? It's Gandhi's character and his purpose. His dharma is what we speak about today. Mm. It's what the children learn in schools, Mm. Mm -hmm. right? So that work is never done, Mm -hmm. right, and it's never complete. Um, But when we fall off our dharma, we will experience the suffering and everything working against us. Mm. The, the funny thing is when I was in, in alignment without my dharma, mm-hmm. the universe bent and changed and evolved to get out of my way. Mm-hmm. When I was out of alignment with my dharma, everything was difficult. Money was difficult. My career, even, even though I was getting paid a ridiculous amount of money mm-hmm. to be a CIO, money was difficult, right? Mm-hmm. My career, like I, I remember for the last 12 months of me being in the corporate world, I felt like a prostitute, Mm. right? I hated it. I didn't want to do it, but I felt like I was selling my time, my body, my mind for money. Mm. And that that was exactly what I was doing, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? And total sense of disconnect, disalignment. So, uh, life will tell you, will show you when you're so far off, like you will feel imprisoned, mm, right? Mm-hmm. 
that feeling of feeling in prison, not being understood, not understanding yourself, not knowing, feeling stuck, lost, confused, mm. right, mm. is is kind of like that uh, state of of being when you're so far off track, when you're not in alignment with your dharma, mm-hmm. right? When you're in alignment with your dharma, the universe changes, bends, shifts for you. Like I, I can't. Unless you experience it, mm-hmm. you won't quite understand what I'm talking about here, right? It's basically things that in other people's eyes are difficult. Mm. Becomes easy. It becomes simple. Not easy, mm. simple. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? It still requires work, Yep. Mm-hmm. right? Like it still requires action, but you're progressing so at a significantly fast rate, mm. right? You, you access this thing called flow. Mm-hmm. Right, it's not going with the flow; it's being in, in flow. flow. Yeah, right. So the 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 common um, going with the flow. I when I think of it, I see it like a paper bag floating in the wind, <laughs> right? which is the worst place to be because mm-hmm. right? you have no say when you're going to land or where you're nah, going. You're just drifting. Right? You're just a mercy of the wind, mm-hmm. right? Being in flow mm-hmm. is when you do five days work in one day. Mm. Yeah. Right? Yeah, definitely. You lose traction of time. You lose traction of needing to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Right? You are so like you you're writing like about five pages in per five minutes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? And all of it is of quality. Mm-hmm. Right? Imagine living eight hours a day in flow. Mm-hmm. How much how much work do you reckon you'll get done? Ah, so much, right? So Is much that, more. Yeah. Right. And that is when you're in alignment with your dharma. Mm. When you talked about um, like your lack of alignment with dharma is like very closely connected with that loneliness, right? And that lack of um, connectedness and somewhat, say, community. Um, and you're talking about uh, the rates of, which you touched on a really interesting point there on, yeah, the suicide rates in Australia, but the more importantly, the attempted suicide rates, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of this Dharma stuff, what I'm hearing, and correct me wrong, is a lot of connection to, a lot of connection to self, right? Um, now, in a time where, and again, I'll talk for just Australia um, and other parts of the world as well, where um, human connection is limited. Right, due to due to lockdowns, due to restrictions, right, and that where people would get their sense of community, that's not there anymore, right. And I'm seeing it with my own clients that there's a heightened sense of loneliness, like mm. severe rise. What oh, question one? What's your take on that? And mm. and two in terms of. What when the human connection and community part is like community as we know it, I should say, right, um, is taken away? How does how does one connect to their self? Um, yeah. The one that's never connected to themselves. I like, talk to like a total noob, right? Like some of our listeners get some of this stuff and go, you know what? Yep, I just need a little bit of nudge. I'm good. Ones go, I don't know what you're talking about. I usually go and I, I catch up with friends. I catch up with my work colleagues. I play social sport and my community, my um, what felt like their 
so to speak, their their dharma, right? Their who they were, their identity's gone. It's been just because they can't connect in a way that they in the way they're used to, right? Right or wrong, whatever. But how does one in a current time connect more with themselves or like yeah, what's what's your take on that? Yeah. And and this is going to hurt for some listeners, right? Uh, but I'm saying this from a place of love um, and awareness. Mm. Some people use community as a form of avoidance, mm-hmm. right? As a form of distraction, mm-hmm. right? Those are the ones that are suffering the most right now because all of life's distractions have been taken away. You can't go to the pub and drink your problems away. Mm-hmm. You can't have meaningless sex with a stranger. Mm-hmm. You can't meet up with some, some friends and talk about and gossip about what other people are doing. Mm. Right? Mm. You can't do any of that stuff. So whereas other people, right, who actually have that sense of community where they're actually using that community to, to expand who they are, that community still hasn't died. It's just changed in a way mm. during lockdown, mm-hmm. right? That, that it's, it's, it's changed. It's, it's changed in a way, a temporary way, mm-hmm. right? We know that one day we'll go back, hopefully, <laughs> right? But the community is still there, mm-hmm. right? But for those of us who've been using community and friends and thing as a form of suppressant, a form of avoiding going internally. Mm-hmm. Now, these are the people that are suffering the most at the moment. Mm. And loneliness, loneliness, and I know this, I know this very, very well from personal experience and also helping hundreds of people, if not thousands of people around this front, is that loneliness is a calling type. Mm. Right, it's a calling card, an invitation for an awakening to take place. So, what takes the what? What does it take for the invitation to be accepted? When we see a lot of society go, they've got this calling card that you talk about, uh, but they're not they're not open. Right, which is uh, oh, it's it's interesting because I again, it's one of the things that oh, makes me smile, but sad at the same time. When again, I get myself in trouble for it, and I smile and I say, "Go look, just come to me when you're ready." And they're like, "Oh, you don't get it. You're not for me." And I go, "Look, you're right. I'm not for you," mm-hmm. um, because you've got so much potential there and growth, but you don't. You don't want it, so I'm not your person. So this calling, why don't people take that invitation? Uh, so this is a lesson that one of my uh, teachers, gurus, have taught me, mm. is that you can't fix the problem mm-hmm. until the person's finished playing with it. <laughs> right? Yeah. I like that one. You can't fix the problem until the person's finished playing with it. So what that basically means is that the problem is serving them in some shape or form. Mm -hmm. It's serving them to be comfortable. 
it's serving them to like, you know, and, and the ones that are like, when you say that to people, right. Mm-hmm. You know, the ones that get highly offended are the ones that know this is true. Mm. Yeah, and it is definitely serving them in some significance or some shape or form in their world. There you go. You know what? You don't really want to let go of this. You don't really. You got told, you got recommended to come speak to me, but you don't really want to work with me. Yeah. So an example, for example, right? Like let's let's put this into mm. a tangible example, right? Um, uh, I'm working with a guy who's very high-profile uh, exec, right? He's good at what he does, but he doesn't love it, mm-hmm. right? But the fact that he has, he knows exactly what he loves, mm. right? And he can make a fair bit of money out of that as well. Mm-hmm. But there's going to be a gap, mm. right? A, a gap between, you know, the high-paying job that he mm-hmm. hates and in order for what he loves to get him that high pay. Mm-hmm. Yep. The gap is too much of a risk for him, mm. even though he has the money, mm. has the support from his wife, friends, strategy, has all of that, but he has a story inside his head that if he's not earning significant amount of money, he's a failure. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So he's not going to make that transition Mm-hmm. Because of a story that his father told him as a boy. Yeah, well. Mm-hmm. Right. And so what's actually happening is that in order to hold his father's memory, because his father's no longer alive, right? How this problem is serving him is that because of a story his father said about manhood, mm-hmm. he wants to hang on to that story because that story connects him with his father. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It might not be right, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? But it's it serving. It's right. yeah, but it's still serving him to a degree, right? But it's serving him to connect with his late father. Mm. So he's doing a job that he hates, you know. And corp and executive roles are not eight-hour jobs. Right? They're <laughs> close to like you know, close to twelve, thirteen-hour yeah. jobs, right? He's losing his connection with his kids, right? continuously in a resentful state, Mm. right? Mental health issues. He's been on antidepressants for the last six years, but he's willing to do that because in his mind, he thinks that it's a connection to his father. Yeah. Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well. Might not be be real. Mm. Yeah. But it is serving him. Yeah, definitely. So until, and the truth is, in this particular case, you don't have to let go of the connection of your father. We all no. know that. Mm. In fact, once we address this, you'd probably be able to connect with your father even more. Mm. Yeah, in a, in a probably a more resourceful way that can serve him better, right? Exactly. But he's not done playing with the problem. Mm. How, is there a way? Is there a way to speed up playing with the problem? Like if you could play press fast forward for yourself or for someone else, how do you do it? So if I'm like, you know what, I um, oh, I like to drink X amount a night, right? I go, I know this is not serving me in the majority of my world. However, yeah. I like it, yeah. right? Um, but I'm not done playing with it and I don't want to make the change. Um, but I go, I know I need to. 
right? How do I fast forward or how do I play with it quicker to be done with it? There's so many tools and very quick tools, mm. right? But until the motion is there, mm. the kind of the journey that like, and what, what, what we're really looking for is leverage, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? And so what, some of the things that I use with my clients is what is it costing you? Mm-hmm. And I take them on a journey, right? What will happen in 12 months time if you don't make a change? Mm-hmm. Right? And for those of you that are listening, if you, if, if you do have this thing that you want to have leverage on so you can be more, more t- taking action, whether if it's drinking or drugs or like, you know, relationships or whatever it is, if you want more leverage, try this exercise out. What is it costing you? Mm. That's question number one. What is it costing you? And list out as many things that it's going to cost you. Right? It might be costing your relationship, might be costing your health. Let's let's use, I don't know, booze, for example. Mm -hmm. Right? And we've got to understand that nothing ever stays the same. Nothing Mm -hmm. in life stays Mm -hmm. the same. It either gets worse or it gets better, mm-hmm. right? There's this law in thermal, uh, uh, thermal dynamics or something, something along those lines is that everything travels towards chaos mm. unless there is a change, a conscious change made. Mm-hmm. So imagine that nothing changes and you're continuously drinking Mm. Right. Let's say right now you're drinking one glass a day. Mm-hmm. In 12 months' time, do you think it's still going to be one glass? Oh, definitely not. Right? No way. It's going to grow exponentially. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Because stress gets more, and you mm. need to drink more in mm. order to cope up with the stress. Yeah. So in 12 months' time, it's three glasses, a, three yeah. glasses a, a day. So now, what is it going to cost you in 12 months' time? Mm. Financially, emotionally. Right, with your relationship, with your kids, drinking three glasses a day. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. So you write that down. Mm-hmm. Now, let's go even further. Let's go two years. What are you drinking now? A bottle a day? Mm-hmm. You know? Hey, it's been, it's over 600 days from now, right? So mm-hmm. two years from now, a bottle a day, half a bottle a day? What do you think that's going to cost you financially, emotionally, mentally, relationships, career? And really bring in the pain there, mm. right? I mean, like, what kind of, like, if you do have a great job, mm. what kind of performance do you think you're going to deliver being hungover, mm-hmm. right, on a daily basis? How do you think your moods are on a daily basis? Now, let's go into five years' time. And the truth is most people won't be alive if they're drinking half a bottle a day. Five years time, mm. right? mm-hmm. So normally what they say is that I don't think I'm going to be alive. Mm. And these are 30-year-old people that I'm speaking mm, to, or mm-hmm. even 40-year-olds. Because what you're not going to be alive in five years. Yeah, that's crazy, huh? Right? And that process really impacts the person, and that's all the leverage that you need. Mm, mm. But still, there might be some people that don't. Yeah. Yeah, of course. There always will be, right? There, You can... Um yeah, you can do everything you can to you take their blinkers off, put it right in front of them, uh, everything, right? Um, and which is why mm. most people do change mm-hmm. after that divorce. Mm. Oh, 100%. Right? After that report that you've got cancer. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Or after you've lost someone dear to you. Yeah. Or after you've lost that job. Mm. It's that hindsight, right? Hindsight. This is saying hindsight leads to insight, which leads to foresight. Hey, I like that. Right? But you can't have the hindsight until it happens. Yeah, yeah. Right? You know, we're going to have that insight. And if that doesn't lead to – and by that, you should – you have the insight now, let it lead to foresight in things moving forward, right? Not necessarily – not let history necessarily repeat itself, right? Because it doesn't necessarily have to. Yeah. Um, Yeah, yeah. Uh, talk to us about your unconventional university, right? So we've talked a lot about uh, breaking free of the norms, creating these freedoms of um, freedom from an from norm, freedom from things being conventional, right? What is unconventional university? So as I spoke to you about the path to Dharma, mm. right? Um, one of those steps is the personal development aspect, mm-hmm. figuring out who you are, why you're here, what you're here to do. Unconventional university is a personal development program mm-hmm. where we actually work on or we learn on stuff that really matters. Mm-hmm. Right? We're not, be, we're not going to be learning trigonometry or anything to do with geography. Mm-hmm. Right. You may learn a little bit about history with my storytelling, mm-hmm. uh, but it's Nero's history, so it's not going to be 100% accurate. Right? <laughs> but the story is still, still the, the relevant. Yeah, of course. <laughs> right. Um, so, so the unconventional university is about working on things that really matter. Mm. Right. Having clarity in your life, getting unstuck, learning how to love learning how to laugh, learning how to find that joy, find that medicine that is in your heart. Mm. See, every single one of us have the medicine that we need in order to cure our life in our heart, Mm. (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. God, Buddha, Allah, Krishna, whatever you want to call it, Mm -hmm. has actually given you the code of how to solve your life challenges and it's placed inside of your heart. Mm -hmm. Right, which is what was called the medicine in your heart. Mm. It's our personal job to tap into that code, the answers, the cheat codes, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Right, we need to tap into that, and in there is where we're going to find the answers. And this is what unconventional uni is designed to do. And I'm like, I'm going to be releasing it, uh, releasing it out next month in November. Yeah, awesome. Right, uh, and it's going to be a stage approach. Yeah, cool. That's what I was going to ask you. Is it uh, one course, multiple courses? There will be multiple What's the courses? structure? Yeah, cool. There will be multiple coaches in there as well. Yeah, awesome. In there. Just talking about their special speciality. Yeah. Right. The, the thing is that one of the things that I really want to do and the common excuses that people have for personal development is too expensive. Mm-hmm. Can't afford it. Right? Mm-hmm. And the truth is... We always have enough time, money, energy for the things that are important. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When people tell me that, hey, I can't afford it, mm. majority, majority, not all, majority, is the, the truth is, well, that's the excuse that they, mm. they're doing, you know, because the problem is still serving them. So I've created the unconventional union with the mindset that anyone can afford. Mm. Yeah, awesome. And honestly, if you can't afford it, mm-hmm. if you're on hand on heart, can't afford it, right? Send me an email. 
tell me your situation and I'll give it for free. Yeah, that's super generous. And so it's basically, I truly believe that this work needs to get out to as many people as possible because it's what's going to serve. Yeah. It's what's going to evolve us. So that's launching next month, November this year. Um, yeah, awesome. I haven't got an official date yet, so yep. it's both like the unconventional university and you get live coaching as well. Yep. Yeah, right. awesome. Um, so there's there's a lot. There's meditation programs yeah. in there. Right. Um, so right now I'm building the content. Yeah. I'm not going to have everything there on day one. Yeah. But it'll a lot. Like I'm I'm spending like two or three hours a day recording. So yeah. Yeah, awesome. We'll uh, we'll put links in the in the show notes. And um, before I ask you kind of our last question, where can um, where can people connect with you, Nero? Yeah, so um, probably just right now go into my website, which mm-hmm. is a work in progress. Mm-hmm. Um, it's um, uh, www.unconventional, spelt with a K, not mm-hmm. a C, mm-hmm. unconventional.com. Uh, yeah, great. Um, or social media, which is at, sorry, B, so B-E dot unconventional, mm-hmm. spelled with a K, um, on Instagram, Facebook, um, wherever there is. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, we'll put all those links in the, uh, in the show notes. Um, and to wrap us up, so we asked all our guests, what if you could create a bumper sticker, right, to sum up, so this conversation, a whole bunch of things that uh, they could go out to our listeners, right? To for them to do, try, action to ponder. Um, we always give our listeners something tangible. Um, I'm not necessarily a fan of the pie in the sky idea because I go, yeah, that's great, but how's that work in reality? What would be what would be your bumper sticker? So uh, I had to think about that for a second, um, and I'm going to give you a pie in the sky, and I'm going to make it relevant. Awesome, right? And it's a quote that really got me into uh, the coaching world, right? Is that only those that can see the invisible can do what seems to be impossible. Right? Mm-hmm. Only those that can see their own limitations, the, that can see and be honest and be truthful with what's actually happening, can do what in most people's minds seems to be unachievable. Mm-hmm. Right? To me, what that really means is, you know, opening up your third eye your mind's eye, opening up and seeing what, what um, you know, most people can't see, which is your vision, who you are and why you exist. And when you are able to see what's not there, see the invisible, which is who you are, why you're here and what you're here to do, mm-hmm. right, can you achieve the impossible? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that, that gives me a lot to think about actually, which is yeah. awesome. <laughs> Thank you, right? Thanks again for the conversation, the time uh, you're giving myself and the and the listeners uh, today. I think we we talked about a range of topics. I I definitely enjoyed it, and uh, thank you for the work that you're doing 
to to not only your clients to uh, to everyone that views your content and the world. I think there's uh, there's not enough people questioning status quo. I believe. Um, yeah, I think I wish more people more people in the world should do it. And um, I think it's yeah, we're, you're you're the type of people that when they see see that gives them the glimmer to go oh is there another way and um sets them down the rabbit hole so thank you very much i appreciate it thank you thank you for having me on it's been uh, it's been so much fun no worries thanks guys till next time Thanks for listening to another episode of Lifelong Learner. If you like this episode and want to know more and hear other episodes, head over to lifelonglearnerpodcast.com where you can subscribe to our newsletter where you'll be the first to know when new podcast episodes come out. And if you want to say hello, tell us a joke or ask us a question, send us an email at hello at lifelonglearnerpodcast.com. Thanks again.